Welcome back to the Take the Candy Podcast. It's your host, John Anthony. And well, 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 what a start we are off to. We went 3-0 against the spread in week zero and 3-0 against the spread in week one of college football. We're 2-0 on our Take the Candy specials. Shout out Penn State. I told you they're going to be better than people say. They got to win on the field, getting five and a half points. And we're back now with episode four. And as promised, I'm giving you five picks this week. That's right, five picks against the spread. We got NFL and NCAA mixed in. It's going to be an interesting week in the NFL. Week one, sometimes tough to call it. You're going to see what these teams look like as we get into it. And in the college slate, we got some interesting numbers. We got a lot of big spreads, a lot of teams still kind of revealing who they're going to be for the season. But we got five picks in our system that we're going to give to you today. And we wish we could be 100% all the time, but nothing's, nothing is 100%. But we're going to do our best to get as close as damn possible for all you folks out there listening. So with that being said, you know I have to remind you that if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Again, that's 1-800-GAMBLER. We also ran a quick little trivia on our Twitter page at, at @takethecandypod. Again, it's at @takethecandypod for all you folks out there following. We ran quick trivia on where we're going to be this weekend. As I tweeted out to you guys, put on Instagram, we're going to be on. We're on the road actually as I speak, and we're going to be on the road at Army uh, this coming Saturday for Army Western Kentucky. The spread, as I give you this podcast, is actually Army laying seven. That's Army as a seven point favorite. It opened at five. Army getting a lot of love after the Georgia State throttling. And we, if you recall, we did pick Army plus the two and a half last week. I'm not picking that game this week. Uh, it doesn't fit the system, and I'll be there. I like to enjoy the game for what it is. It's going to be a good game. Army's never beaten Western Kentucky before. They've only had three matchups, uh, but they've all been controlled by Western Kentucky. So that'll be an interesting one with Army right now as a touchdown favorite. We'll be in the building. Uh, I'll try and give you a little bonus clip from the parking lot as we tailgate up there uh, outside of of, uh, the stadium. So that's where we're going to be Saturday. We're going to be at Army for the West Kentucky battle. But now, without any further ado, you're here for my picks. Not to learn what games I'm not picking. You want to know what games I am picking. So without any further wait, DJ, spin that music. The Los Angeles Chargers travel to Washington, D.C. to take on the Washington football team. It's a 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Again, it's going to be a FedEx field in Washington. The Chargers making the trip across the country. This game, of all the NFL games, intrigues me the most. The Chargers obviously are returning Justin Herbert at QB for his second year. He was the NFL's offensive rookie of the year last year. He lit it up. The Chargers finished 7-9. Really... Their offense excelled all season. They had trouble in the clutch. They had trouble scoring in the red zone. And that's something that they're going to improve on this year. They're returning most of their parts. Austin Eckler at running back. He's back and he's healthy. Keenan Allen is back. He's in one piece. He's going to be healthy. Now, as far as the Chargers defense, their secondary is loaded. They're absolutely loaded. And don't forget up front, they're strong. They got Bosa coming back. These guys are going to be healthy. They got Linvale Joseph. They got Kyler Fackrell. They're they're ready to go. They're going to be ready to go. They are traveling across the country. And I know 
that Herbert is the guy. He's a superstar. He's all you hear about. But I will caution you this. Herbert had a great first year. We all know it was a COVID year. I think everything was a little touch and go. There's tape on this guy now. There's tape, okay? And to go on the other side of the ball, Washington's D is strong. They're up front. They're loaded. We all know that. The question is going to be how can their secondary hang? But a big matchup to look for in this game is a healthy Eckler versus the defensive front for Washington. Because the Chargers are going to try and establish a run with Eckler early. If they can do that, then I believe that Herbert is going to be able to shred the secondary. I believe he can, but they're going to have to establish a run. If that front seven for Washington can disrupt not only the run game, but get after Herbert, this could be a totally different game, a game that nobody's expecting. And for an offense like the Chargers... For a powerful offense like the Chargers to go on the road and only really be a one-point favorite, which is what the spread is right now, I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes off as a pick But to be a one-point favorite, which is where your boy J.A. sees it right now, is probably surprising. And there's a reason for that. It's going to be tough to go across the country on the road against that front seven for Washington and win. Now, Washington on offense. Your old boy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, is going to be calling the signals for him. And that guy just doesn't seem to age. It's almost like he gets better every year in these fill-in roles that he gets. And that's, that's where he is. That's where he's going to be this Sunday. The guy to look out for, Antonio Gibson. Probably not an elite running back. Probably not in that elite class. But he's second tier. And he's sneaky great. He's sneaky great. And that backfield is stacked. Other than Gibson, they have Jarrett uh, Patterson. They have McKissick. And McKissick always gets in the mix. And we can't forget about their wide receivers with McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. They're all healthy. And it's going to be an interesting matchup to see how Washington moves the ball offensively. Their strength is on the ground. They're going to do that. But Fitzpatrick can get the ball down the field. He can move the ball. This guy's not afraid. He knows how to read defenses. He's a Harvard guy. He's going to go out and he's going to take advantage of the Curtis Samuel and, and Terry McLaurin. So it's something to look out for. This game will be closely contested, okay? The Chargers, historically, are great against the spread. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I I can tell you from my memory that 15-7 and with a couple pushes in their last 24-25 road games and and 4-0 at the spread in in the last four games overall. So they're good at covering numbers. But you have to remember, with a rookie QB last year, this team was largely an underdog, and they overperformed. That's not going to be the case this year. Herbert is on people's radars, and you bet your last penny that the Washington football team is going to be ready for him. Ron Rivera's got it schemed up already. They're ready to go out there at home and get it done. So the pick in this game is going to be Washington getting one point. It could be Washington as a pick Washington plus the one in this one. This next game feels about as uncomfortable to me as it can get. And the game I'm talking about is the Rutgers Scarlet Knights going to the Carrier Dome to play the Syracuse Orange. It's a 2 p.m. Eastern kickoff on Saturday. The current spread as I record the pod is Rutgers minus two and a half. That's Rutgers as a two and a half point favorite. Now, I have to qualify this. I was in the building when Rutgers lost to Michigan 76 to nothing. I'll say that again. 
I was in the building when Rutgers lost to Michigan 76-0. And I made a pact with myself that day that I would never bet on Rutgers. Well, I'm breaking the pact. As Machiavelli would say, a promise of today is a necessity and a breaking that promise also a necessity. That's a paraphrase. I don't know the exact quote, but that's what I'm doing because the system works and the system is telling me that I got to take Rutgers at minus the two and a half. So here's what's going on in this game. Rutgers with a big opening week win, they had they forced five turnovers in the game and they didn't commit any. So a plus five turnover margin to start the game. This defense is coached by Chiano. They're hard-nosed. They're going to play hard. When you have a coach of that intensity, they're going to play hard. So this is what they're going to need to win any game this season. Obviously, they play in the Big Ten. It's a tough It's a tough conference to play in for them because they don't have the high-end talent that these other teams give you. Syracuse is not one of those teams. So Rutgers in their first game, they ran a lot. 220 yards, six touchdowns. They scored 61 points. You know, the quarterback, Vidrali, he led the team in rushing. He's a runner. He's also a decent thrower. He's His throwing's going to be not as decent against a better Syracuse team. But Temple's usually bad, and Rutgers exposed him. But people were saying that Temple was going to be strong this year, stronger. And they're still saying that. So I don't really want to poo-poo the Rutgers win from week one. I want to use it and, and push it to another win in week two. Because that's what I'm thinking Rutgers is going to do in this game. Now, Syracuse, they played with two quarterbacks in their first win. A 29-9 win over Ohio. Ohio's got a strong defense. And this game was actually built to be a lot closer than it was. And a big reason for that was the Syracuse O-line. And although nobody was talking about it before the season started, they were great. In week, in week one against Ohio. And they're going to come into week two against Rutgers feeling confident. The ground attack for Syracuse in the first week almost got up to 300 yards. They were led by Sean Tucker. They're going to look to him to be the bell cow again in this game. The simple answer for Syracuse against Rutgers in this one is to run the ball and don't turn it over. This is a big game for both teams early in the season. Syracuse overperformed what we expected in week one, and so did Rutgers. And Rutgers is supposed to be the best they've been in a few seasons, so they're really going to need to prove that. Both running games are going are gonna to work in this game, but I just think that the Rutgers D is going to be more intense. They're going to force some turnovers. Don't be surprised to see uh, a defensive score and or a special teams play for Rutgers in this game. That's going to make the difference. So in this game, I like Rutgers against my better judgment, minus the two and a half. We head next to Starkville, Mississippi for the matchup between NC State and Mississippi State. This is going to be a good one, folks. Currently, the line is NC State favored by two and a half. That's NC State minus two and a half. Week one was a successful week for NC State. They beat the University of South Florida 45-0. They didn't really show any rust from last season. They put up about almost 300 yards on the ground. 
I look for them to lean on the run heavily in this game too. Quarterback Devin Leary, he did throw a pick against USF, but he managed the game well. They're going to pretty much look to him to do that again. It would be interesting to see what happens if NC State falls behind and has to throw the ball in this game. But I will say this, their offensive line looks stellar in week one. And I don't expect them to take a step back at all against Mississippi State. I know that Miss State is a SEC team, but I would classify them as an SEC team on the lower end. And I think this is a very winnable game for NC State. Their O-line is going to dominate the line of scrimmage. And if they can run the ball, they're going to be tough to stop on offense. But really, their strength is their defense. They didn't have a sack against USF, but getting pressure is not really something they're going to need against Mississippi State. Quarterback Will Rogers will get the ball out quick. Remember, Mississippi State is coached by Mike Leach. This is going to be a fast offense. It's going to be getting the ball out of Rogers' hands quick. So they're really not going to need pressure. What they're going to need to do is be able to survive the tempo and the pass that Mississippi State brings to them. On the Mississippi State side, they had Louisiana Tech in week one. They trailed for a lot of the game, and Will Rogers finally woke up in the fourth quarter, and he led them on a crazy comeback. They ended up winning 35-34, and I think they're going to pick up where they left off. It looked like they were having trouble catching their stride on offense, and they finally caught it in the fourth quarter. The only difference here is that NC State is not Louisiana Tech. NC State is underrated, and they have the possibility of having one of the best defenses in the ACC. And keep in mind, the ACC is wide open right now. With with UNC going down in week one, and now there's question marks surrounding the Tar Heels, NC State is in the mix. This is a big game for them, and I could see them coming out with their hair on fire, both on the O-line and defensively, and that's going to make this a tough matchup for Mississippi State. Now, Mississippi State has speed. They have athleticism. They're going to be able to keep up, but I think the ground and pound from NC State is going to wear down that Mississippi State defense as the game goes on, and that's why I think NC State is a play in this spot. I know they're on the road, but Mississippi State turns the ball over, they had six in week one, and I I just think that they're not going to be taking care of the ball as much as they need to. Do I think they're going to have six turnovers again? Absolutely not. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they found their stride, but I think that they're going to make some mistakes. They had a ton of penalties in week one. They had more than double-digit penalties. I think those are going to continue to plague them in this game. They're going to get back behind the change, and NC State's going to be able to dig their heels in and you know, and and play strong on defense. NC State is not the sexiest pick out there. Their offense is not high-flying. Nothing's going to blow you away, but they're going to grind it out. They're going to possess the ball, and they're going to play strong on defense. And for me, that's a great formula when you go on the road. So in this one, I got NC State on the road, minus the two and a half. That's NC State Wolfpack, minus two and a half. Next, we head back to the NFL. We got the Seattle Seahawks heading out to Lucas Oil Stadium to face the Indianapolis Colts. The current line as we record is Seattle minus two and a half. That's the Seahawks as a two and a half point favorite on the road. This is going to be an interesting matchup. 
Now, first and foremost, at quarterback for the Colts, who's playing there? As I record this, it looks like it's going to be Wentz. They've been very touch and go about it, but I can tell you by the way the line has not moved in a few days that somebody knows that Carson Wentz is going to play in week one. Now, I am not a Carson Wentz guy. I never bought in. I don't like these small school quarterbacks, and you could say what you want. You can throw the insults at me. It's my, it's my podcast, so I'm going to call it as I see it. You guys are listening for my opinion, and that's what it is. I do not like Carson Wentz, so I don't really care who starts at quarterback for the Colts in this one. Because I think to win this game, the Colts know what the rest of us know. They're going to have to rely on the defense, and they're going to have to rely on the run game. Now, their run game is going to be strong, and they're going to use it early and often. You can imagine that maybe in this game, their running back, Jonathan Taylor, may get 30 total touches. Now, that's great. That's great for Taylor, but this is a long season. This is a 17-game season that we're heading into, so they're going to wear him out quick. But this is week one, so he he's going to be able to handle all the touches that he's going to get in this season. But they're going to rely on Taylor early and often in this game to try and establish some sort of rhythm, some sort of tempo, and get Carson Wentz into manageable positions or whomever starts at quarterback for the Colts. Now, the Seattle defense, it's shaky. It was shaky last year. It's probably going to be shaky again this year. They are on the road. The kickoff is 1 o'clock Eastern. But they're going to be able to scheme for this game. It is week one. They're prepping the whole offseason, essentially, to play the Colts in this matchup. So I believe the defense is probably going to play better than they will the rest of the season in this game. And for that reason, my initial gut is leaning towards Seattle. I already gave you a little hint on the number, the spread, not changing. When this number, when this line opened up and Seattle was a short favorite, I loved it. And I thought the line was going to shift more and more, and it hasn't. It's pretty much held strong at two and a half. Maybe it'll go to three by kickoff on Sunday. But Seattle's a two and a half point favorite. And I don't really have to tell you about the Seattle offense. You know about them. If you're listening to this, you've been watching football for years. They got Russell Wilson, who threw for 40 touchdowns last year. 40 touchdowns. He's had a few seasons with 30 or more. This is going to be another season for him. DK Metcalf is back on the edge. He's going to be using the offense. They're going to do what they need to do to move the ball on offense. The Colts D is going to be able to hang in. But I think there's going to be a couple big plays in this game that Seattle's going to make. They're always good for the home run play. You're going to see home run plays in this game. Do I think Frank Reich will have his boys ready in Indianapolis? Of course I do. I I think he's a phenomenal coach. But but there's going to be a couple home runs because it is Russell Wilson. It is DK Metcalf. So something's going to happen in this game that's going to allow for Seattle to make separation. I also think that Wentz is going to make mistakes. This guy, the last time he played, was absolutely atrocious. I have not seen any reason why that will change. This is a guy mired in the offseason with the foot injury and then all the nonsense about COVID-19. I don't even know if he's going to be ready to play mentally. And the mental part of the game at quarterback, especially in the NFL, is such a big factor. Now, as far as the percentage of the money, As it stands today, the Colts are getting 25% of the bets and 39% of the money. So if we're looking at that, that's a solid uh, plus 14 differential. 
okay? So there are some bettors out there that are putting bigger money on the Colts, but I'm not because I'm not buying it. I'm not buying Carson Wentz. I, I, I love Frank Reich. I love what they have going on over there, but I don't love it against Russell Wilson and the boys. So in this, in this game, I got Seattle on the road laying the two and a half. The music has changed, so you already know what time it is, folks. It's the Take the Candy special. And for this one, we're heading out to Nebraska, where Nebraska is hosting Buffalo. The spread, as I record the podcast, is plus 13.5 to Buffalo. That's Buffalo as a 13.5-point dog. This is going to be a 3.30 kickoff. I think it's airing on the Big Ten Network, so you're going to need to have that. If not, follow it, stream it, however you can get this game going. Because Buffalo looked fantastic last week. Yes, they played Wagner. And yes, I don't know of any solid players that are playing football in Staten Island where Wagner is. However, they ripped through him. 69-7. to I don't think they gave up a score until it was over 60 to nothing. Buffalo got their passing game tuned up. Van Treese was 15 of 19 in that game. And they ran for 312 yards and seven touchdowns. Okay. They looked great on offense. The pass rush was dominant. They got to the quarterback. They didn't have any turnovers. And they basically controlled the whole whole game. And yes, I know. I get it. It was against Wagner. But they did not make any mistakes. On the other side of the ball, Nebraska beat up on Fordham, 52-7. to But do you know what the difference is? They made mistakes. They shot themselves in the foot. They had two turnovers. So I look at Buffalo as being ready for the spot and being ready in this big spot, traveling to Nebraska. They're ready to go in this one. So here's what Nebraska does have going for them. They tuned up after that Illinois loss. That was a bad loss to Illinois. And as you recall, Illinois was our Take the Candy special in episode two of the Take the Candy pod. And we're going back to the well. We're picking a team that's almost a two-touchdown dog to Nebraska. But what Nebraska had going for him last week is that Adrian Martinez got going. Marquis Stepp, who we talked about in a previous episode, was the USC transfer. He's now He got the lion's share of the carries in, in, week, uh, in week one. And he's, I think he ran for over 100 yards. He's going to get the lion's share of the carries in this one. And he will get going in this game. He will. Buffalo's not going to be able to totally stop the offense. I think Martinez finally found a, a little groove that he's able to go against, that he's going to be able to try and use here against Buffalo. Buffalo has not ever really dealt with a guy like Martinez. He's coming into his own a little bit. But I told you in a previous episode, I don't buy Martinez. I don't buy Scott Frost as a head coach. Frost sat Martinez last year. Let's not forget that. And it's too soon to know if he's going to sit him this year. But I'll tell you, I watched the, I watched live that Nebraska-Illinois game. And Martinez looked like he should have been under the bench in that game. And I'm glad he seemed to find a groove against Fordham. And I will tell you this, the betting public and a lot of heavy bettors were on this early line giving it to Nebraska. They loved what they saw from Martinez. They think Martinez is in the groove, but I'm not buying in. I'm not buying into Adrian Martinez. I'm not buying into Scott Frost. 
Nebraska makes mistakes. It's what they do. And they're going to make mistakes in this game as well. And when you're a two-touchdown favorite, you just can't make mistakes. Buffalo is going to be flying around the field in this one. They're going to be able to stay in it late. And I think Martinez will be able to make a play late to seal this victory for Nebraska. But when I say seal the victory, I mean make sure they don't lose and keep this game within one score. The spread is 13 and a half. It's too much. I don't care that Nebraska's at home. I don't care that people think Martinez found a groove. This team is destined for failure. I wouldn't even be surprised if Buffalo nips them here, but but I'm going to take this candy. I'm almost getting two touchdowns in this game. So do yourself a favor. Don't buy into the Nebraska hype. Don't buy into Frost. Don't buy into Martinez because Martinez will be the first one to bail when trouble starts. So in this take the candy special, we're looking to go 3-0 in these TTC special picks. So the pick here in the take the candy special in episode four is Buffalo plus 13 and a half. That's going to bring us to the conclusion of episode four of the take the candy podcast. This is the first week that we got both NCAA and NFL picks for you. It's been a pleasure going through this with you. We're 6-0 against the spread. Looking to bump that up to 11-0 this week. We're looking to stay perfect. Looking to sweep another board. We got another Take the Candy special coming at you. And remember, we are not buying into Nebraska. Not yet. Let them prove something to us. And if they can't, and they keep getting listed as a favorite, we will keep banging the opponent as a Take the Candy special. That's the JA guarantee. If you want to direct message me, the Twitter is at Take the Candy Pod. Again, that's at Take the Candy Pod. If you want to DM me on Instagram, it's at Take the Candy Pod. I have gotten some messages about merch and setting up shirts, and we are looking into that with our business people, and we're hoping we can get some stuff done in the next couple weeks. We can market that out to you, and we could all be rocking the Take the Candy Pod merch, and we're looking forward to it. I appreciate you guys following, sharing, telling your friends, telling your loved ones, getting them involved in the Take the Candy Podcast with your boy, J.A., and as always, I'm available for you, and I mentioned earlier here in this episode, we ran a little trivia about where we were on the road this week, and our boy Chuck on Twitter, he nailed it. We're going to be at Army, and we're going to be tailgating up there. We're going to be watching the game, and no better place in the world would J.A. rather be than at West Point on 9-11 repping the USA, and I love it. It's going to be emotional. I'm loving it, and I'm really looking forward to it. But what we're going to do is moving forward every week leading up to the next episode, I'm going to shoot a little trivia out there on Twitter and on Instagram. For any of you guys who want to engage, you could reply to the Twitter, you can reply on Instagram, or you could shoot me a direct message. The first person who gets the answer correct will get a bonus pick. So in this week, our boy Chuck who got the army, who nailed the army uh, trivia of where we're going to be. He's going to get the bonus pick tomorrow. That's something that I give to him privately over direct message. It's not something that's going to air on the pod. So we'll be running that every week. If you guys want to participate, winner gets a free pick for me, and that's directly to you. And that pick will not air on the pod. That's a private pick. That's from the JA private stock. 
So stay tuned, stay interested, stay involved. And I love you guys for listening and keep coming back for more. It's the Take the Candy Podcast with your boy, J.A.